just drop your eggs and leave. (laughs) Take some chomps out of passersby. (laughs) What a life. Yeah. Welcome to Cinema Science, a podcast in which we interview professors, professionals, and graduate students using pop culture references as a talking point. We'll discuss the science behind movies, games, TV shows, etc. And each episode will feature a new topic and a guest who will answer questions from you guys, our listeners, whom we love. Um, today I have with me, as always, Anne. Hello, hello. Hey, Anne, and I'm Heidi. We're both neuroscience students trying to learn a bit more about the science behind our movies. Today we have a special guest, J.C. Lowen. Hello, J.C. Hello. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am a neuroscience graduate student getting my Ph.D. here at the University of Utah. I, um, related to today's topic, I work in a mouse model of viral-induced epilepsy. So we inject a brain parasite into the brain of a mouse, and these mice develop a disease. Oh, very cool. So today, speaking of brain parasites, um, we watched a movie called Alien. It's a classic horror movie. Spooky. Um, It's very (laughs) spooky, very scary. Um, In this movie, um, we have a couple of space explorers. I can't remember what they're doing in space. (laughs) Exploring space. Um, And they land on a planet, Mm -hmm. get exposed to some sort of alien life form, they bring it on their ship unknowingly, and it's the whole movie's them trying to like avoid this alien, trying to kill it. Um, but when we we're watching it, we we're thinking, alien, it seems like a parasite in itself. What, what exactly is a parasite? So a parasite, uh, the definition of a parasite is an organism that lives off or in another organism. Mm. Um, it takes scary. nourishment from that organism but doesn't provide anything back like a symbiote mm. would. Um, it also can cause, very typically causes harm to the host itself. Uh, which explains the chest bursting. Scene, <laughs> I guess <laughs> A little bit. That probably <laughs> counts as being harmful <laughs> to the host. Harmful, yeah. <laughs> so basically... Yeah. The host is acting as like a house for mm-hmm. this living creature. Yep. Oh, hmm. that is terrifying. So, again, we're neuroscientists. Are there any parasites that can live in the brain? Quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you can get viruses in the brain. Um, you can get, uh, often people will recognize tapeworm in the brain, um, you know, from eating pork that's been contaminated. And get lodged, the cysts will get lodged in the brain. Um, flukes. Um, trying to think of some others: helmets, worms, roundworms, malaria. The list goes on. There's way wow. too many. <laughs> yeah, that's a concerning number of parasites. One of the cool things about the brain is that there's this barrier around it. So oftentimes it's really hard for things to get to the brain itself. But it sounds like these parasites don't have that issue. There's so many of them. How how are they getting into the brain in the first place? Well, it depends. So with things like viruses, for example, um, uh, hepatitis can actually get into the trigeminal nerve, which is one of the cranial nerves, and actually move up into the brain that way. 
Um, as far as the pork tapeworms, they're distributed via the bloodstream. So um, circle of willets, they'll get pumped up and then get distributed. Um, viruses are, make it very easily into the brain. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Yeah, with blood flukes and roundworm, they kind of it's mostly blood that they make oh, their way in. So hmm. for those parasites that you ingest, they somehow survive the acidic environment of the stomach? And yeah, still... so for those larvae, they'll actually encase themselves in kind of a little protective barrier, um, and then they can make their way from the GI tract into the bloodstream. So once they get to your brain, I mean, what are they doing up there? Like, why choose the brain as a place to live? Well, so for certain, uh, for let's say, let's go back to the tapeworm example. Um, we're, they actually don't want to be there. They want to mm. reproduce and then get excreted from the body so they can continue the reproductive cycle. When they get into the bloodstream and those larders that get into the brain, they actually form these cysts. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes a lot of damage in there. It's essentially you have a foreign body in the brain. Viruses um, are a little bit different. So viruses can actually infect brain cells themselves. Um, these can be glial cells in the brain or neurons in the brain, and they can cause excitotoxic cell death. Mm-hmm. And then those cells that are dying can actually cause cells around them to die. Oh, okay. So those are a couple examples. Okay. Going back to the movie Alien, do you consider the alien to be a parasite? Yeah, it fits all the criteria. So it's getting nourishment from the host. It's causing a lot of damage. And then to insult <laughs> to injury, it causes, like, wreaks havoc on the rest of the organisms yeah, on the spaceship. that could be an <laughs> Um, it's, you know, it's taking nourishment to grow really quickly. Um, yeah, highly harmful to the body. <laughs> so definitely a parasite. Hmm. So is, I guess, the intention of having a host really just so it can grow? It's just mm-hmm. taking the nourishment. If we go back to uh, viruses, they are essentially um, hijacking our, our cellular machinery to replicate themselves. They don't give a crap about if the cell dies or not as long as there's more viruses made. So it sounds like that would be harmful to the brain, mm-hmm. like to the brain or to any other place it may be occupying. Mm-hmm. And I guess, are there any sorts of parasite-related diseases? Oh, quite a few. Uh, so, <laughs> um, you know, if you have, let's say, the tapeworms in your brain, you've got a foreign body that can cause inflammation in the area. It can cause um, mental deficits. So people will experience; they won't be as sharp as they mm-hmm. usually are. Uh, seizures is a big one, so um, inflammation and seizures go hand in hand. Um, toxoplasma, which you can get from cat feces, can cause schizophrenia. Oh. So quite a few issues. I mean, you've got something in your brain that kind of controls everything, so yeah. you don't want those in there. That makes sense. <laughs> you mentioned toxoplasma? Toxo- toxoplasmosis gonadi. Okay. <laughs> so is Toxo. that <laughs> Toxo, yeah. is that the infamous crazy cat lady? Yeah, yes. So um, toxoplas- uh, toxoplasma is really a fascinating organism. So it can infect humans, but its actual um, defined host is felines. So what it'll do is its intermediate host will be mice or small mammals, and it'll cause behavioral changes. So they're actually attracted to the smell of cat urine. They are not as sharp as they usually are. They can't move as quickly. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. 
But yeah, it makes them super easy prey. And the virus wants that to happen yeah. um, so that they get eaten. And then it gets into the cat's um, system. It re- reproduces there and the cycle continues. Interesting. Wow. But it can also cause, so if a human's infected with it, it can cause um, changes to human, uh, human behavior. And they're actually dependent on um, testosterone levels or hormone levels. Really? So it can cause males to be less likely to follow rules, a little bit more hmm. impulsive. Whereas in females, it actually does the exact opposite. Opposite. Huh. That's crazy. So, it sounds like these parasites, they can go into like a whole number of animals. They can go into humans, mm-hmm. mice, uh, cats. So is there some sort of an alien, the baby alien parasite uses a human. So is there some sort of way that the parasite infects its host? Are there rules on what a parasite can infect or can't infect? So as far as the virus or the parasite getting into the body, multiple ways. So you can ingest it, you know, undercooked pork, gets into the bloodstream, gets into the brain. Um, it can be virus, or excuse me, viruses, parasites, it can get in <laughs> through the skin. Um, so often um, there's been cases of people walking barefoot on uh areas of earth contaminated with feces, and they'll actually dig their way through the skin. Yeah. Eyes, nasal passages, um, openings in the openings in the body where they can get in. As far as what parasite, in, you know, what host is this parasite looking for? Parasites have their, their preferences. So do I like a warm-blooded mammal? Do I like a cold-blooded reptile? Do I like seawater? Do I like fresh water? Do I like, like it to be warm or do I like it to be cold? Mm-hmm. So often what they will infect is dependent on what environment they like. Okay. So there's um, brain-eating parasites that prefer warm water. So you see them very commonly in southern regions where people live, it's very often gets in through nasal passageways mm-hmm. when people get water up their nose. That is really terrifying. <laughs> so in Alien, ignoring the prequels, theoretically it looks like the alien is infecting a brand new species that's never seen before. So um, I'd like to go to a question that we have from a listener at Varklin um, asking how hard is it for a parasite to infect a brand new species? So that really depends with uh, viruses, it really if it, if you have if you have a, an animal cell like an infected animal cell, mm-hmm. with things like tapeworms, you know if you have a gastrointestinal system, it can get through the gastrointestinal system. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about alien, something that I really found fascinating is that the alien scene. Well, that's going back to the prequels. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'll mention it just a little bit. But if we think about Prometheus, we um, we have the original form of the parasite, mm-hmm. and when it when she gets it cut out of her, mm-hmm. it has different characteristics. Right. So it seems to take on some genetic mixing. It takes on traits from its host, uh-huh. which allows it then to survive better on what in whatever environment the host likes. Right. Hmm. So as far as the alien itself, I would think that it's pretty non-specific as far as hosts go but as far as the parasites that are real and we have on the earth um again it goes it goes back to environment i see that we know of yes yes Yes. (laughs) so also an alien the alien you know incubates in the the host but then it eventually bursts out and leaves do all parasites do that as well as the goal to eventually leave the host yes so as far as reproduction goes you want to proliferate and expand, get mm-hmm. to new bodies. 
I think the way that the alien splits out of the body is a little inefficient. Usually <laughs> with other parasites, <laughs> you're leaving through the gastrointestinal system or something like that. Hmm, but <laughs> I know something I found funny about the movie, it's like it's just indiscriminately killing. It's not eating anything. It's just, oh, I'm going to take a chomp out of you and then a chomp out of you. <laughs> so, um, okay. yeah, that's, that's definitely, I can't think of many parasites that decide to come out that way. Okay. Um, that we know of. Yeah, that we know of. <laughs> there are some, especially like ones that get under the skin, that'll poke their heads out. <laughs> so you can take a, take a stick, especially with worms, and kind of roll them up. Uh-huh. But if there's any part of the body left, then it's still there. So oh, maybe in that case for the kind of, poke out right. or they'll just you know drop eggs in that area and then retreat back hmm. just drop your eggs and leave <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take some chomps out of passersby <laughs> what a life yeah <laughs> just gonna go ahead and never go to space i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> parasites are scarier there <laughs> like australia uh, yes oh that's basically space <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually speaking of australia there is a question. We got some Yahoo questions. We are hoping that you could help us answer, but one of them comes from the Australia of the United States, aka Florida, because <laughs> it seems like every terrifying animal always comes from Florida for yep. some reason. At least when we're talking about the United States. But one of the questions was, why are brain-eating parasites only found in Florida and not the rest of the South? Is that true, or does this go back to the environment thing you were talking about? Yeah, I'd actually say this isn't completely the case. So um, what we can think of, N. fowlery is one of those big brain-eating parasites. Okay. It definitely likes warm water, but it can live in hot springs, and there's hot springs hmm. in Arizona, there's hot springs higher up, and uh, fowlery has been found as north as Minnesota and as east as California. So they're not restricted to Florida, though they definitely like it there. Okay. So I realize we haven't talked about how do you know if you have a brain parasite? And that leads me to a question we found on Yahoo. Someone asking, I can hear something breathing in my right ear and it isn't me. Could it be a brain parasite? Please help. <laughs> Please help, JC. So there are cases, this is, these aren't parasites, but there are cases of certain things living in people's ears. Um, people may have heard of a Chinese woman going into the doctor being like, I'm having these auditory disturbances. It sounds like something's scratching in my ear. And they go and take a look at this little spider that's kind of oh, camped no. out in the ear canal. Um, that's very rare, though. Um, insects do not usually like to live in those kinds of areas. They like a little corner in your basement where they can do their own thing. Whew. So something to consider would be, let's say you do have a brain parasite, and it's actually, let's say it's a tapeworm lodged in the area of the brain um, responsible for auditory processing. So it could be an auditory hallucination caused by a brain parasite. Also unlikely. What I would think is uh, something to consider is, how rough are you cleaning your ears? You know, how far do you stick the Q-tip in? Mm. Maybe you've caused some inflammation. Another thing would be, have you been congested lately? So if you think about when you press a shell to your ear and it sounds like the ocean, it's mm. actually just blood flow. Mm. If you've been congested and there's certain changes in your connection between your ears and your throat, you could just be hearing, it sounds like breathing, but it's actually just your blood pumping. Nice. So overall, I would doubt that it's a brain parasite, but it never hurts to go to your GP and have yes. them take a look. That's yes. reassuring. See your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's another one. So people are very scared of getting brain parasites. <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> I'm scared. But one of the other Yahoo questions was scared, neti pot, brain parasite, question mark, 
<laughs> and then to expand on that, I guess, this uh, just yesterday I used a neti pot to clear a stuffy nose. I filled it with sink water and put the salt solution in it. I totally forgot about the dangers of getting a brain infection slash parasite by doing this. Now I'm scared to death I got a parasite from what I did. Could I get a parasite? It's cold up here right now. <laughs> so, first of all, use only sterile salinated water. Do not use sink or shower water. There's actually a mm. lot of nasty things that can come out of sink and shower water. Um, one example of a pretty, pretty um, nasty one is uh, Nigeria fowlery, which we talked about before. Excuse my butchery of the pronunciation. So the FDA actually reported on two cases in Louisiana in which patients contracted and fowlery infections after using neti pots filled with tap water. So it has oh, happened wow. before. Um, this kind of infection is very rare, but usually occurs when people get water up their nose after swimming or diving. Mm-hmm. And it's more likely in warm areas. Okay. Florida, for example. Um, when it gets, so what happens is that it's inhaled through the nose where it enters the nasal and olfactory nerve tissue and then eventually travels to the brain through the cribriform plate. There it causes something called primary amoebic meningoencephalitis. This is actually a disease that destroys brain tissue and is almost always fatal. Since 1962, 133 people in the U.S. have been infected with this amoeba and only three have survived. Oh my so, God. Yeah. So it's sterile water when you're using yes. it. Yes. <laughs> or else, I guess, a cold would be the least of your problems. Yeah, yes. Like. Um, so yes, there's a possibility, however, a low risk of it. It takes about one to nine days, an average of five, for symptoms to appear after nasal exposure. Symptoms may include headache, fever, nausea. Um, later symptoms can include stick nap, stick Stiff neck, confusion, confusion, lack of attention, loss of balance, seizures, etc. From the point that you start having symptoms, death usually occurs within two weeks. So if the person is experiencing some of these symptoms, go to your doctor immediately. Mm. But Mm. overall, take this as a lesson, sterile water boil the hell out of it or you know get some medical grade sterile water and uh-huh. and don't take medical advice from yahoo questions <laughs> yeah, probably. Yes. Yes. i think if you're having symptoms already yeah you don't want to wait for someone to reply on yahoo questions yeah, exactly <laughs> so we have another um question from twitter from one of our listeners at worf stoneborn um can you go into detail about the zombie ants of brazil So I love these. Um, It's actually a fungus, Mm. and it infects ants and uses an enzyme to get inside of the the ant's body. And from there, it actually changes the ant's behavior. So ants don't really like to be high up. They like to be on the ground. What it actually causes the ant to do is it'll usually get to a higher point, and it'll grab onto some kind of leafy material. And from this point, it can release the spores to go on and infect other ants. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's actually a game called Last of Us that came out where they essentially did a twist on the zombie genre and what happens if this kind of infection happened to humans. Um, absolutely terrifying. But it's a really cool thought that a parasite can so severely affect basic functioning of, of yeah. an organism. Yeah. It's terrifying and cool. <laughs> and if you look at pictures, it's it's really creepy. There's like these shrooms growing out of the top of the ant's head. <laughs> so. Before we end the episode, I have a question. For all of us to answer, let's pretend that you are a parasite. And JC, you were mentioning earlier about how certain parasites hmm. prefer like different environments. So I was thinking, if you were a parasite, what would be your ideal environment? Like climate-wise, 
post wise? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I I love I love Toxo just because the idea of like <laughs> idea I get to live in a you know I get to live in a fat cat for a little. Yeah, bit. <laughs> must be a nice um, life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't know. Warm sounds nice. You know, white sand beaches and get picked up by some unsuspecting tourist and take over the world. That sounds good. I'll do that. Good way to take over the world. So your ideal host is basically any celebrity that has power, potentially. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Some rich. Yeah, Yeah. I could see that. Uh What were you thinking, Heidi? I think I kind of like the idea of being in the ocean and being picked up there. And maybe being picked up by a swimming animal. Because, I mean, think of all the places you could go in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Ooh, like get picked up by an octopus. Oh, that so would be smart. Yeah, oh. that'd be so cool. You can go to all the like secret little cracks and be super safe. Mm-hmm. I think that. What, what are they? What are they called? The little itty bitty ones that are so adorable. They're like oh. the bubble bubble octopus. Oh, I hope that's the yeah. Name. They're so <laughs> tiny. They're that's a great tiny name. and adorable. <laughs> oh, little bubble octopus. It's like the little. Oct- it's actually very much like the octopus from Nemo. It, oh they, yeah. <laughs> oh, those are cute. <laughs> What about you, Anne? Well, I guess, so parasites, their whole point is to replicate and spread and survive in their hosts. So I would probably go somewhere that has, like, I like the idea of, like, infecting people and, like, affecting their brains. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so I guess I'd be a, a human-preferring brain parasite. And then somewhere with, like, a high density of people. Mm-hmm. So, like... Um, a country where there's just lots of people and that travel often. So then I could just take over the whole world. Just, you're the so, airport parasite. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere an airport hub <laughs> place. And then, so first stop the hub, second stop the whole world. I oh, think. So. so I think that ends our episode. Thank you so much, JC, yes, for yeah, joining us in this episode. If you'd like to learn more about our guest's research or the topics that were covered in today's episode, check out our website at cinemasciencepodcast.com. You can find us collectively on Twitter at CinemaSciCast, and you can find Heidi at PandaBumHot. Anne doesn't have a Twitter, but her dog Hubble sure does. You can find him at Hubble Gibson. Our intro and outro music was composed by Kagan Breitenbach. You can find more information about him at our website, but also check out his personal website at KaganBreitenbach.com. The first season of Cinema Science was graciously funded by the University of Utah's Neuroscience Initiative. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Bye!